Entrepreneur on Fire 661. What are you waiting for? Tickets to a rocket ship? Well, here you go and hang on tight as John Lee Dumas is about to take you on a wild ride. Ignite. It's National Make-A-Will Month. LegalZoom provides legal help through independent attorneys and self-help, but they're not a law firm. Protect your family and future today. Visit LegalZoom.com, enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout. From Adobe Audition to Microsoft Excel and even SEO, Lynda.com has video courses that cover it all. Get access to the entire library free for seven days by visiting lynda.com slash fire today. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash fire. Light that spark, Fire Nation. John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Phil Massiello. Phil, are you prepared to ignite? I am Always prepared to yes. Phil is a developer of disruptive business models, focusing at the intersection of emerging information technologies and consumer lifestyles. He is also an expert business startup builder in the consumer goods channel. His primary focus on lifestyle, health, and fashion products has brought him to where he is today. Phil, I've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you, then give us an overview of your business. I find entrepreneurship to be almost embedded in my DNA. I find it very difficult, and I've tried. I find it very difficult to go and work (laughs) for other people, and I'm sure they found it just as difficult. But I I started my first business just out of college, um, ran it for about three years. It was in the food retail business in New York. Ran it for about three years, worked my tail off, and realized there were a lot of things I just didn't know, and I was doing a lot of things wrong. So I sold that business and took the money and came down to Maryland and went to graduate school in Maryland. I thought that, you know, I needed this education that was going to do it. And then from there, you know, I wound up starting other businesses, you know, primarily in food, primarily in retail for a period of time. Some successful, some not so successful, some, uh, some cutting edge, some copycats. Uh, but um, around 2008, we developed a skincare product with a woman named Carol Alt, who is a supermodel, uh, focusing on her uh, lifestyle of raw food. It had never been done before to take a skincare product and model it off of the raw lifestyle. And we launched it in 2008, and it was a, it was just Murphy's Law from the beginning. We launched it in December of 2008. October of 2008 is when the markets really took a tank and access to capital dried up, and we struggled from day one. But what happened through that was that we were traveling continually trying to get that product into more and more retailers, and I kept forgetting my razors, and I would have to continually go to the store and buy more razors. And I I could not believe that in this day and age, I was still paying $36 for eight cartridges. And I said to myself, how come this business has never been disrupted, especially on the internet? So I did a lot of research and discovered that the key to the business is not price. Every man and woman wants a great shave. They're just tired of overpaying for it. But Gillette is the standard of identity. So you have to be able to, in order to be successful, you have to be able to provide a product that is equal to that shave. That's all the customer cares about. They don't care about the price if it's not going to deliver the shave. You could sell them a razor for a dollar, but if they if it doesn't deliver a good shave, 
they're never buying it again. They'll go right back to, to, to spending $36 like I did. So the long and short of it is after some successes and some failures and continually trying over time, it's landed us at, at, at the startup of 800razors.com about a year and a half ago, and we've just been growing by leaps and bounds. And we've got some great investors behind us, uh, and we've got some very good uh, traction moving forward. We've got a great partner that's on the manufacturing side. So things are, things are fant- fantastic for us. Love that story. And Philip, I love that you brought up Murphy's Law. I mean, being an army officer for eight years, I knew all too well what Audie Murphy's Law means. Basically, what can go wrong will go wrong. And that's just a reality of a lot of situations in life. And if you're prepared for that and you just understand that inevitability, it just allows you to get over those things with a lot smoother transitions. And I just love that transition you made into 1-800-RAZORS, Phil. And we're really going to do a deep dive into that transition, into some aha moments you've had and some successes you're experiencing. And of course, we're going to talk about a failure. But before we do all of that, we always start with a success quote, Phil. So take it away. It's not as much a, a, a success quote as it is a success poem. I've had it above nice. my desk for years, and it's called Don't Quit. It's a little corny, but the reality is it's, it's, it's just a great thing to, to think about. It says, when things go wrong, as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high and you want to smile, but you have to sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but don't you quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, and everyone sometimes learns, and many a fellow turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up. Though the pace seems slow, you may succeed with another blow. Often the goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and faltering man. Often the struggler has given up when he might have won the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night came down how close he was to winning the crown. Success's failure turned upside down, the silver tint of the clouds of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems afar. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you mustn't quit. And it was given to me by a guy who, who had retail stores in the middle of Pennsylvania. And he was battling against Walmart and Target and all these big retailers. And he, he, he came a point in time where he could have sold his stores, but he loved the business he was in. And what he did was he went away on a reflective journey, as he says, and he, he spent about two weeks away from his business just thinking about the business, came back, re-strategized, and now he's really a niche player in central Pennsylvania, and he's surviving and doing well. But he was at that point where he said, you know, he just kept reading this poem over and over again. I don't know who wrote it, but um, it, it just, for me, it just says it all because sometimes you feel like quitting because you think it's just not going to happen, but you just got to keep pushing along. So, Phil, let me put you on the spot here for a second because I love that poem. And for me, the road of entrepreneurship can really be summed up with one word. And again, this is my perspective. This is what I believe. So I'd love to hear what your one word would be. But I love the word perseverance. It's time and time again, I'm just seeing entrepreneurs who are succeeding are those ones that continue to drive forward. And I'm not saying it's those ones that are continuing to dig a hole once they find that they're already in a hole, but I'm saying adapting, pivoting, perceiving, and persevering the actual situation. What would be that one word that just comes to mind when you think entrepreneurship? That's the one that I use, perseverance, because I, I've seen it way too many times in my life that you know we th- things break uh, open 
at a point in time when you think it's just, you know, it's just at the, at the end and you think I can't, I I don't know if I can go any longer. And then you just push one more time and all of a sudden, you know, a door opens. So that's, that's been my key word. So Phil, Fire Nation, our listeners today, we are entrepreneurs, we are sidepreneurs, we are small business owners, literally in over 145 countries around the world. And there's one thing that we're facing every single day on certain levels, and that's failure. And we learn so much from failure, from obstacles, from challenges, they make us stronger. And I always start your journey, my guest journey off with a story of a time that they failed. So in this particular case, when you failed, Phil, or when you faced a massive obstacle or challenge, because it really kind of bridges the chasm between guest, you, and listener, Fire Nation. And I love that. And there's also so much we can learn. So can you just tell us a story, like really take us to that moment in time, Phil, when you failed at some point in your journey and share with us the lessons you learned? We started a concept called Raw Essential Skin Care with Carol Alt. And on the surface, if, if somebody said to you, hey, I've got a supermodel who is not an endorser, but an actual partner in the business. This is her lifestyle. She can speak passionately about this. We have a three-year opportunity on a shopping channel to launch this. And we, we, we need to develop this product. Um, there is a huge market for it. It's ultra-natural, organic, that part, that segment is growing. And, and, I, and we looked at it and said, you know, it's, it's really a no-brainer. We've got to do this. And we developed a fantastic product line. We had a great partner on the manufacturing side who understood it. Uh, we had a great deal with one of the big shopping channels to launch it. Uh, and, you know, we had, we had capital lined up. And we were launching December uh, 2nd uh, in 2008. And we had our capital lined up. We had everything happening. And all of a sudden, in October, things just fell apart in the, in the economy. And, you know, it was a little bit out of our control. But at the same time, we were at this point where we had to get product so that we could launch. But we had no money. And we had to dig deep and decide whether or not we were going to go forward with this. And we all wound up anteing up on our own thinking that, you know, this short-term problem will, uh, will go away and we'll be able to um, get capital at some point. Persevere. Yeah, absolutely. Persevere. So, we, you know, we launched. Things were good. Uh, we learned a lot, you know, from our first set of shows and we made, you know, we made changes to the pitch. And, and what we discovered is that, you know, not all, not all passionate people uh, who have you know, who, who understand their concept and beliefs can sell. So we were, we were, we had this opportunity on the shopping channel with a spokesperson that was out there that just couldn't sell, couldn't, couldn't connect with the customers. Uh, the customers, you know, it, it just, it wasn't happening, but yet, you know, we, we had to, we had to persevere. Uh, we had way too much invested. So we, 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 moved along and we did okay for about a year. Just okay, not anything blockbuster. Meanwhile, we were continually behind the eight ball when it came to funding. Uh, we were using just all kinds of funding mechanisms to get to get things moving. Uh, we, we were using our, our supplier to give us terms. I mean, just, just trying our best. And we decided that 
the only salvation for us was to move into retail because it just wasn't happening on the shopping channels. So we moved in, we started moving into retail, which is a whole different ballywick. And the product line and the business was never designed to be a retail piece. But we felt that we had to just continually persevere and push it forward in order to salvage it. And we pushed and pushed for years. We got we we got to about three thousand doors across the country with the product. Uh, but again, every time you do that, you um, you, you want you you need more cash for for inventory. You need more capital to spend on marketing. And we were just continually behind the eight ball and couldn't find the right investor, couldn't find the right partnerships, uh, etc. And you know, it it turned out to be you know, a, a financially a disaster. Uh, it turned out to be, you know, from a brand brand perspective, not, you know, not good. The brand did not make it. We didn't make it. Uh, but what came out of it was, and, and I said before, uh, you know, through all that travel of trying to get this into retail in about 2011, I was in the middle of a store sitting there, you know, having to buy razors again saying, I, you know, I just don't understand how, how this business, how this razor business hasn't been disrupted. And, you know, through that failure at raw essentials, through that hardship of traveling through, through the mistakes, you know, it wound up looking at, you know, 800 razors.com and turning that into, you know, a success. Um, or it appears to be a success right now. I mean, we're, we're growing sales. We're growing customers. Customers love us. We have great retention. We've got a great product, uh, you know, et cetera. So, um, you know, th- things are things are moving forward. So, Phil, before we, we move into 1-800-RAZORS, and I want to get there in a second here, I just want to ask you, what would you say to those listeners right now who feel strongly about their product or service, just like you felt strongly about the skincare and they're just not getting that expected traction. They're just seemingly trying different things and it's just not seeming to catch on. Like, what would you say to those listeners that are in that situation right now? I would say the first place that I would start is with the customer and find out what, you know, what, what the customer thinks about your product, what the customer is view, how the customer views it, and, and get some insight into what some of the obstacles are. And, you know, I, I, I think that you can never spend enough time talking to the customer because they'll give you the answer. If they don't like your product, if there's an obstacle, if there's some sort of barrier, uh, if, if something that you think is great but the customer is not connecting to, we, we found it. We realized it pretty quickly. The customer felt because of the way – of, of the spokesperson being as passionate as she was about her product and, 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 and espousing her lifestyle of raw, the customer felt that in order to get the benefits of the product, they had to become a raw foodist themselves. And that was a, that was a message point problem that we had. So we just had to basically regroup, talk, look at the brand, look at how we were presenting it and look at how, look at the critical points uh, in, in discussing it to the customer. Um, you know, and from there, so again, from there, we, we just learned from the customer what the, what the problem was. And so Phil, one thing that we talk about a lot here on Entrepreneur on Fire is when you're trying to come up with that idea, that topic, that direction, one of the most powerful questions that you could ask your customers, your clients, your listeners, your readers is, what is the number one thing that you are struggling with right now? And ask that question over and over again to as wide array of potential customers as possible and really start to see if there's anything that comes out of there that you 
you know, the potential producer, the entrepreneur could be passionate about creating a business around. That's definitely one way to start getting your creative juices flowing around a business. But if you already have a business and you aren't getting the kind of traction you want to be getting like Phil and his team weren't, you have to be interacting as much as possible with the customer to find out from their lips what exactly is wrong because the only true vote you'll ever get is your clients, your customers' wallets, their purses, when they take money out and actually vote with dollars and cents. And Phil, we've been alluding to this great aha moment that you've had for 1-800-RAISERS. We've kind of been dancing around the subject a little bit because it's just something that I want to do a deep dive and give as much focus in as we need to because it's such a great story. So why don't you take it from here, start going forward with this story of your light bulb moment that you have with 1-800-RAISERS and let's kind of do a little talk about how you launched it and specifically what you did differently or how it evolved differently from skincare. You know, in looking at it, and, and doing some research, what we found out was that there were two major players in the market. And when you look at shaving, there are two, two companies out there that dominate the market, like by 96% worldwide. And the reason that they dominate the market has nothing to do with monopolistic behavior, has everything to do with the fact that they, that they have a great product. They create a great shave, and that's what people want. There are very few competitors out there uh, in the world of shaving because these, these two major ones have such a stronghold because they have such great product, and they've also patented so many different pieces around it. So we looked at it originally, and I thought to myself, well, you know, we, we go to Asia, and we find a cheap product. We bring it in. We put a brand on it, and we start moving uh, and start selling it, and the customers will be happy. But once we started researching it, uh, we realized that that wasn't the case. When you start looking at the customer and what the customer needs and what the customer wants, it's really all about that great shave. So we knew then that we had to find a manufacturer that could manufacture as high a quality a product as the competitors had, the major brands had. Uh, there's a couple of players out there along with us in the e-commerce world and, you know, they do a good job on marketing. Uh, but we always say you can dress up a pig, but the pig is still a pig because at the end of the day, they just don't have the product to back it up. You know, it's great. They've got some, some funny videos. Some guys do, you know, put some effort into handles and things like that. But the reality is you can't do it with, with a, with a cheap imported product. You just can't. So we were lucky in that we had a lot of contacts on the national brand side because I had been in retail before and I contacted some people at a very large razor manufacturer. Uh, we have a, a we have a, a non-disclosure with them, so I can't tell you who it is. When we asked about the willingness to private label a product and give us the exclusivity on it on, uh, uh, on e-commerce and they agreed to do it. So our product is actually equal to the national brands and no other competitor out there. No other competitor out there can make that claim. So we put on our website, on our product, compared to Fusion, compared to Mach 3, compared to Venus, the standard of identity. And we, we back that up and we back it up with our burn-free guarantee. If you feel burned on the price or you feel burned on the quality of the product, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you your money back, no questions asked. So, uh, you know, that the, the sort of aha moment was when we really honed in and discovered that it's not about price. It's about the value of the shave. If you can give customers a great shave, yet save them money on that shave, they're yours for life. And that's really the key. So 
Um, every demographic, every man and woman wants a great shave. They're just tired of overpaying for it. And the demographic is not uh, uh, the average every day. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're wealthy, whether you're poor, whatever. Everybody understands that they're paying a high price to shave and they're trying to look for alternatives. But again, when, when men are, and women are over 29 years old and they're in that workforce, they need to look good. So they can't afford to use cheap disposables or cheap imported razors that can sh- cut their face up. They can't afford it. So that's where we have that competitive edge. And that was sort of the aha moment was that you know we needed to have that quality. So Phil, I think this is such an important discussion to have right now because there are two sides to everything. And for you, you did the research. You reached out to your customer and you realized that with razors specifically, it's about the quality. I want to have an amazing shave. I don't want the risk of nicking myself right before I'm going in to give a presentation in front of 50 people in a boardroom. That's just not acceptable. I need to know that I can trust my razor and it's worth every penny to get a nice, clean shave without finding out halfway through the day that I have some kind of hair patch on my face that my razor missed. I mean, that's what it's all about. And you found that out. But I'd like to get your perspective on this too, because I just listened to a very fascinating um, podcast with Freakonomics where they talked about where sometimes for certain products and services, it is about quality. And that's where you're at, Phil. You identified that and that's why you're seeing growing sales. But sometimes, and Fire Nation needs to realize this, it is about price. And, And the example they gave was pallets, those wooden pallets that you see at every single Walmart, Costco, wherever you're at that actually have the products and services sitting on top of them. All they cared about was price. There's been better pallets built all over the world, plastic ones, disposable ones, recyclable ones. All these places wanted was the cheapest pallet that just got the job done. So in some circumstances, Phil, it is about price. And then in some circumstances, it is about quality. Like, what are your thoughts on that? And what do you think Fire Nation should be thinking about when they're actually developing their product and service and figuring that out for themselves? You know, that's an excellent question. And, and you're right that there are sometimes there are commoditized products and it's just about price. But the game that you're playing there and the problem that you have is, do I want to get into that business if I can't make any money at it? So you have to have – so in other words, if you're going to be the price leader, you've got to be the low-cost manufacturer. You've got to be the low-cost provider. That's the only way to win at the price game. So in other words, a Walmart can win on price because they're the everyday low-price leader. But they're also – the everyday low cost supplier. Everybody bashes Walmart for uh, you know all kinds of problems with unions and labor and all that stuff. I've done business with Walmart in the past. I can tell you that you know it's a, it, they're, they're one of the most ethical companies I've ever dealt with. But the reality is that they will squeeze a penny so hard that 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 they'll they'll get water out of Lincoln's nose. I mean, so <laughs> they can figure out how to save money across their extended supply chain so that they can be the everyday low price provider, but at the same time make the same or better profit margins than anybody else out there. So, you know, I, I do agree that at times you have, to, you have to focus on price, but in order to do that and make it a business and make it profitable, you have to be able to have that extended supply chain be truly efficient so that you can be the low cost provider. Myself, Phil, my choice is to be the quality provider. I don't want to play that price game. I don't want to get into that kind of 
battle to the bottom, so to speak. I want to be providing a quality podcast seven days a week. I mean, it's going to be consistent. It's going to be frequent. And that's what I'm looking to provide. And that's what you're looking to do with your product, with your services. And Fire Nation, it's it's a decision you're going to have to make as you flesh out exactly what you're doing with your entrepreneurial journey. And Phil, what I want to do right now with our chat is bring things to present time because you've been going on strong for about a year and a half now. You've seen increased sales. I mean, you obviously have market demands and there's no doubt after chatting with you just for the last 24 minutes as to why because you just have your focus in the right direction. Share with Fire Nation the one thing that has you most fired up today. It's a good day to ask me that question. <laughs> I try to call customers, at least five customers a day. I try to. And not, I try to call one that I know is repeating customers. And then I try to call four or five that I know are going to give me honest answers. And, you know, I, I, I spent the morning speaking to customers about our website, about our product, about this and that, what they liked, what they didn't like. And we have some issues that we have to work through in terms of our site or some, some other things. But every single customer said the same thing. I love the shave I get from your product. You know, the problem that I have is, you know, whatever. The, I, I, I found a, str- a struggle on your website with making this order. It wasn't quite clear. I didn't like the handle. I didn't like this. I didn't like that. But every single person liked the shave of our product. And that's really the key. So as long as we can listen to the customer and make these minor adjustments to either the site or, you know, the handle or the package or the information or how we give them the information, um, I, I think we have a great, uh, a great business ahead of us. That's exciting. And Fire Nation, I mean, how amazing is it to be able to reach out to your clients, your listeners, to your audience every single day and find out something that's going to make your company, your product, your service better? I mean, that consistent improvement, that consistent tweaking, that consistent feedback is going to make all the difference in the world. And Phil, we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Have you ever watched a video course from start to finish on YouTube and at the end you're left wondering what you should do next? It's great that there's free content available out there, but it's not always the best. And it's frustrating when you spend your most precious resource, time, on something that isn't helpful. That's why I love lynda.com. You can rely on their content to be very helpful. Not only does lynda.com have a library of over 2,400 video courses, but each and every one of them is produced at the highest quality. lynda.com breaks down their courses into bite-sized pieces. So whether you're a beginner, intermediate, or expert, you can jump in and start learning an entire Entire software program or system at the exact spot that you want. Interested in checking it out for yourself, Fire Nation? I've worked out a deal with lynda.com to give you a special offer. Access the entire library for free for seven days. Visit lynda.com slash fire today. That's L-Y-N-D-A.com slash fire. Most Americans don't have a will, but did you know that without one, you could be leaving yourself and your family vulnerable against the court dictating what happens to your property and other possessions? So many Americans procrastinate because they say making a will is too expensive or too time-consuming. My answer to that, LegalZoom.com. LegalZoom's prices make sense, and it only takes 20 minutes for LegalZoom to guide you through from start to finish. During National Make-A-Will Month, you can get special pricing on wills and living trusts by entering promo code FIRE in the referral box at checkout. Again, that's promo code FIRE. It's National Make-A-Will Month. Stop procrastinating, Fire Nation. 
Protect your family, protect your future at LegalZoom.com today. LegalZoom was developed by top attorneys to provide self-help services at your specific direction, but they're not a law firm. Legal help is furnished through vetted independent attorneys. Visit LegalZoom.com today and use promo code FIRE in the referral box at checkout. Phil, welcome to the lightning round where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Absolutely. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think security, right? That's always the danger. You got a family, you've got kids, you, you, you get worried about security. What is the best advice, Phil, you've ever received? I learned from a, from a CEO of a great company. He said, always, always, always be customer centric. Every day, try to call four or five of your customers, good, bad, or indifferent. Get a backbone because you're going to hear them tell you what you like and what, what they like and what they don't like. But you've got to listen to them and you've got to continually improve. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, that backbone actually comes fairly easily after some of these conversations and you start to crave that constructive criticism because you know that's where the gold lies. Absolutely. And, and it's, what, what else is amazing is you can turn a customer, by doing that, you can turn a customer who, was, who you think was gone or who could have been gone to your competitor, you can turn them back. Wow. Phil, share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. Running. I try to run every day, mostly with my dog, but I go out and run. I don't, I don't run with music. I don't run with distractions. I just run with my own thoughts in my own head, and I try and figure problems out in my head while I'm running. Love it. Phil, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? I can't live without Google Analytics on, on my site. I watch it constantly. I have a computer set up by the side of my bed that is on constantly. My wife goes crazy. She says, I, I don't understand. I can't get enough of it. I don't know why, but that is where my head's at. Unfortunately, that, <laughs> it's not, that's not going to help a lot of people, but that's where my head's at right now. No, that's going to help a lot of people. I mean, people need to realize who's visiting their site. What's the balance rate? How long are they staying? What pages are they visiting? Exactly. Where are they being converted? I have it on my i I have it on my iPhone. I have it on my iPad. I I sit and watch. I was drove to New York this week to visit some friends for Fourth um, of July. I was watching it the entire time on the car ride up just to see what happens on the Fourth of July with some advertising that we had. Did it work? Did it not? It's just it's a disease. It's a sickness. It's honestly, I can't get away from it. Well, make sure you're watching it the day that this interview goes live, Phil, because you're going to be uh, blinking <laughs> up in some countries you've never blinked before. And <laughs> Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we've been chatting about in today's episode by going to eofire.com slash Phil Massiello. Phil, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? You know, the book that I continually go back to, I listen to it, I have it on, on, on uh, audio book, I have it in physical form, is The Art of War. And, and it, it just, I know that a lot of people use it, it's a, it's a standard business book, but truly, if you read it and reflect on what it says, you know, you can think about your business and, and not focusing so much on your competitor. But focus on your business and what you know about your customer. Be aware of your competitor, but figure out how to get your customer to love you. And that's what I get out of that book. Love it. Well, Sun Tzu is an amazing general of old. I had to read him as a young second lieutenant in the U.S. Army before we deployed to Iraq. So I can tell you, I have some serious memories of implementing some of those strategies. And Fire Nation, 
I know that you love audio, so if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook just like this one for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Phil, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? Yeah, I would go out and observe what people were doing, right? It's a, it's a brand new world. I'd have to look at what people were doing and figure out what they needed, what they were missing. There was, there's got to be something. You have to look at behavior and see you know, where, where, what's happening. You know, sort of like the Steve Jobs approach. You, you want to look at what what people you want to provide people with something that they don't re- they don't really know they need until you give it to them. <laughs> you know, so and the only way to do that is really by observation, and that's what he was great at by observing uh, uh, human nature. Would you be devastated if every single person in this new world had a full grown beard? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would be. You know, we uh, what, back in August of last year, you're, uh, you're, you're out on the West Coast. I don't know if you're a baseball fan or not, but back in August of last year, we, uh, we offered Brian Wilson of the Los Angeles Dodgers a million dollars to shave his beard with our razor just to show how great our quality is. Uh, and uh, so. What a phenomenal idea. Did he take you up on that? He didn't take us up on it, uh, but it got, it, it was tremendous from a press standpoint. Right. First of all, every, it was picked up in, in all over the place, hundreds and hundreds of newspapers because they were outraged that a company would offer a guy a million dollars to shave his beard. But then when he rejected the offer, we got just as much press because people were outraged that the guy would turn down the million dollars. So <laughs> Double whammy for you in a good way. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, Phil, thank you for just being so incredibly inspiring, sharing with us a failure that you've experienced, the aha moment that came from that failure, which is so cool and incredible for Fire Nation to absorb. And let's end with you giving us one parting piece of guidance, sharing the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. The best way to connect with us is to, is to go to www.800razors.com and, 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 and you know place an order and get our product and you'll love it. And if you have any issues, that you can reach me. There's I'm all over the place on that site as well as uh, I've got a blog. I've got all kinds of stuff. So it's not difficult to reach me. I always love to hear from people. I have no problem if somebody wants to send me an email and ask me questions about some of the things we've discussed. No problem at all. Are you a Twitterer? I am a Twitterer. Let's hear it. I think 17,000 followers, but it's growing and – Mostly I tweet about you know business and about what, what's going on in business. And what's your handle, Phil? Uh, Philip Massiello. Perfect. That'll be linked up on the show notes page, Fire Nation. And listen, I mean, Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you started off with Phil and myself, so keep up the heat. And Phil, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we've been chatting about in today's episode at eofire.com. Just type Phil in the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. And Phil, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Hey, John, thank you very much. Fire Nation, ready to learn two super podcasting hacks that 99% of podcasters are not doing that will set you head and shoulders above the rest? 
Join me for our free live podcast workshop every week at podcastersparadise.com. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite.